if how confident I was going to be that I would be able to follow the story fully and really feel immersed in it with ashes because it's it's text right you, you, that can be hit or miss you could you could you could hit on two complete different sides on that one right and you can't always concretely say what it is about why a story doesn't pull you in when you read it sometimes it's the way it's written sometimes it's the way the options are laid out sometimes it's how long it takes you to go from one point in a quest chain to another but I don't, I don't look this, this was one of the areas where I was like, I don't know, man, I don't know how much I'm going to really be into doing the quest as much as maybe if it was just all written out and what happened, how I might enjoy that better, right? Story form versus quest form. So far the story form for Ash is I dig the quest form. I'm a big question mark on. I don't feel so questionable about it now. I feel like I have some pretty significant confidence right now. As they made their way toward this new landmark, there was a haunting thought present within the Pathfinder's mind. He thought to himself, how do we live on this planet? Magic was not something any of them had harnessed before, and as they all felt empowered by the essence, which felt foreign, at the same time, it felt like home. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back, Half Tilt. Yo, what's shaking, folks? What's shaking, bacon? <laughs> Yo. Mm, bacon. Mm, bacon. Bacon does sound good right now. Um, look. This isn't a, a food porn podcast, so we're gonna keep that out of out of here for the most part. It might resurface at some point because that stuff tends to happen with the shenanigans. But look, before we dig in too far, I gotta give a big shout out to the home of this podcast over at dot, 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 asheshq.com, community curated website for all things ashes of creation. Also, a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you so much, friends, for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week. And shout out to Frostbite, who is actually a new Patreon supporter over on Patreon. So you can check us out on patreon.com forward slash some more. If you're interested in uh, supporting this podcast and all their content. Um, look, we don't have any um, we don't have any iTunes reviews to read. But if you'd like to give us one, a five star review is greatly appreciated. Helps them to know over on iTunes that we're a legit podcast. It actually does real podcast things. You can go over there and uh, it's actually pinned on our show Twitter, which is at Ashes Pathfinder on Twitter. Go to the top of our feed right there pinned at the top. You'll see all the podcast places. You can click on the iTunes link there. Um, if you do leave a comment with the review, we'll read it here on the show. Also, we'll play on the show a message if you leave us one at 1539-664-6801. You can also shoot us a message via mail um, over at ashespathfinders at gmail.com. And the Pathfinder Grunt, who's a little lazy here lately, will get that over to us at some point in time. We'll read that on the show as well. Feel free to leave comments on this video wherever it's at or on Twitter when you see us tweeting things there. And we try to incorporate community feedback and thoughts, etc. here on the show as frequently as possible. 
But as we get started today, gentlemen, what's been what's been new in your world, man? Anything this past week stuck out to you? I noticed some things people talked about on Reddit that I was like, okay, this is stuff going on in the community. But what about you guys? What have you been up to? Anything that's really caught your uh, attention in the Ashes community this week? Um, just been having like some conversations really about like the the I wouldn't say the lack of information because that's not the right term, but the the quiet that's happening right now um actually had a few conversations just talking about that is hey have you experienced something like this before what should we be thinking what should we be doing that kind of thing um and yeah most definitely like with any development this is going to happen um so yeah we we've experienced it i think sim and i know the dark times well oh yeah we do um so yeah i, I think what i've been doing is, is you know talking to folks just about the game and actually starting to think through the lens of, you know, what the future holds, you know, as I experience some other games, um, I'm, I'm getting into new world a bit, um, with, uh, with the guild and, uh, and I've been learning a lot and I feel like that's my training ground for ashes of creation. So I know there's mm. some, it's not the same, but there's similarities that I like really feel like there's parallels that will just help overall. So that's kind of what I've been digging into and, learning more about figuring out um you know what i'm going to be doing when that game uh hits live next week i bet you have tilt oh man one week eh yeah <laughs> i don't know I, i'm still on the fence part of me wants to try a new world and on the other hand i'm like man i don't know when i'm gonna have time for this like right now not this week anyway not this week i've been prepping i got a hunting trip coming up next week so i've been uh doing a lot of prepping getting ready for that spending some time at the range mm -hmm. and uh whatnot um i haven't been doing a whole lot i started playing mm -hmm. some resident evil 7 again the other day oh nice and figured out that uh, these lovely headphones here actually connect to bluetooth on my tv so i can play it and not have to worry about waking people up or anything on my PlayStation and man, I was, I had, I, the hair was standing up. Let's just put it that way. I'm not one that's easily scared. I love horror stuff and <laughs> man, it just wasn't happening there. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Valheim. I was telling Daedalus in the pre-show here. I got ca caught by surprise by the Hearth and Home update uh, yeah. very pleasantly the other day. I was, I totally forgot it was coming. And yeah, that's kind of where I've been at. I haven't been doing a whole lot of being on social media stuff. I did see from our lovely community, thanks to Z, uh, who went around collecting a whole bunch of commentary and feedback and thank you notes for Intrepid. So I, I saw their response to that, and th that, that was a very heartwarming experience right there. And it just kind of went with all the chaos and everything that's going on in the gaming industry right now with some of the bigger AAA studios. This was just that, you know, glimmer of hope, if you will that you know it, it, it's not always they're, they're not all like that it's not always the same and there are exceptions and intrepid is a shining beacon on that so that that was really warm for me other than that i haven't been doing too much i've just been watching a few shows here and there where i can and yeah that's where we're at yeah <clears throat> i was gonna say uh you know I've been obviously playing Elder Scrolls Online. Um, I don't have any plans for myself to play New World, which I've, I know I've talked about a lot uh, within my own community, and uh, it just doesn't do it. Just doesn't do it for me. Um, 
Although there were some scenes that I've seen like environment areas that look pretty damn nice. Like there's that one like tree that's like glowing and there's like some other areas that look kind of spooky and like haunted that look really nice too. Um, so I'm going to kind of live vicariously through people in the community that are playing it and just kind of like watch, you know, and see, see what their experiences are like and see what they share, what they, what they think when they, this game gets outside of uh, beta, but I'm, I'm dug in with the elder scrolls online. I've been playing that and, got plenty of stuff to do on ashes hq to keep me busy too i mean i'm putting out like one game guide a week roughly um one little really easy to digest video i think the last one was on castle economics uh before that we did one on like religion um so i'm just kind of getting those out there having those you know for all of the parent or the you know the, the pages on the website essentially so that there's like you know everything's about easy to digest there so we're getting videos for the pages I have the write-up that we keep updated and then we go through and you know the long and short of it is is you go to every page on all the topics and you've got you know nice easy to digest information that helps you learn about the game and keeps you in the know then we go and we update that periodically as there's like updates for it all um but you know between running websites like i'm doing right now i think about two to three on games and game and content creation and things like that that are that i'm working on so i've got plenty to keep me busy right now um so it's going to be interesting. I, I haven't played the Hearth and Home update for Valheim, but I've had uh, had a community member or two have been like really going, oh, come on, Sim. Come on, man. And I'm, I'm like, I've been playing Ark uh, occasionally too. Ark Survival Evolved. They've got this uh, sort of like, you know, uh, like it's kind of almost like a Valheim inspired map, I think. Um, but it's pretty cool too. There's like some Viking like temples and, you know, like, these areas that almost look like they're dwarven though you know it's like um sort of uh kind of reminds me of like an iron forge sort of area a little bit but it was on there but it's pretty cool um they you know speaking of ashes though we've you know obviously we don't have tons to talk about in regard to like big releases of information there's a live stream coming up which we'll talk about here uh, towards the end of today's show uh, but we do have a few things to talk about and one that i've been very um very mindful of recently is the narrative in games. Um, and I think part of the reason for that is <clears throat> as I've been playing the elder scrolls online, man, that game does such a good job of the narrative. Like the narrative is so well done. Like it's, it's what we expect from an elder scrolls game in general. Um, the narrative being well done voice acting and all that sort of stuff. But when we talk about ashes of creation, we think about like the narrative in ashes and we've talked about that before, like how they can deliver upon the narrative, how they can make sure it's done well in, in ashes. There's no voice acting planned, right? That's not on the drawing board, at least not for the game's launch. And for a good number of people, that is something that they, they have a bit of an aversion to, I think, uh, gives them a little bit of aversion to the game because for them, you know, and I know people, you know, personally that feel this way if, if there's no voice acting it's hard for them to connect to the player you know my fiance is one of those people you know if the, there's not voice acting there's not like emotion in the dialogue and things like that it's just the there's not as much of a connection to the character and to the story which i get right we all we all consume information differently we've all got our style our flavor the things that really work for us right and while I can, you know, maybe for me, when I look at um, World of Warcraft from back in the day, my experiences in that game, I go back and I think, 
Well, well, how was the how was in, in early days, right? How was the how was the um the story delivered? It was delivered in the same way that Ashes is actually similarly going to approach it, which is through text, right? Doesn't mean that the it's going to be the same, but it means that it's a similar style of delivery via its text. So you're going to have to read your quests. You know, you're going to have to read, you know, information that might be found on notes in the world or on tablets or like, you know, on shrines or, or who who knows what else they come up with. Right. Um, but Ashes is focusing on the quests being the way that that information is uh, delivered to us, at least initially. Now, in World of Warcraft, over time, what happened? They expanded away from it just being this dialogue on the, you know, just the quests. And they kind of transitioned it to some other things. Like, you know, like some of the, you know, like the little cutscenes that they built in the game and, and things like that. You know, or even like the, the spoken dialogue that would be there over the quests and stuff sometimes. So, you know, when we think about narrative being very important, we, we do have a bit of an announcement about that. But we'll get to that first announcement is that the Intrepid team is looking for more volunteer moderators. This was posted on their social recently. This is, you know, a volunteer position. This is something that, you know, they're not, you know, at least at this point in time, they're not paying the people that are moderators as far as we know. But there are some, we do have a lot of moderators. We've had moderators for, for years around this game. They've been volunteering that time. You know, I would be shocked if, if later down the road, some of those people probably weren't hired on as moderators for the community. But right now it's not a paying gig it's volunteer basis so if you're interested right discord.gg forward slash ashes of creation if you're not already in the ashes discord that is the ashes discord that's how you can get in there and you can connect with intrepid team obviously this now is on their social media is on like twitter for sure um, probably some of the other ones as well right so so go to the forums you know touch base with the uh the team, if you're interested, you can go contribute your time that way. If you do, uh, do find that you're interested in doing that. Now, here's the first real announcement. This is kind of a big one, everybody. Um, this one's coming from Massively OP. We'll link the article here in chat for those that are here during the live stream. Right. Ashes of Creation snags former Elder Scrolls Online lead writer as a new senior narrative designer. Okay. And this is uh, Wynn McLaughlin, former lead writer and narrative designer for The Elder Scrolls Online, who left ZeniMax Online Studios in June 2021 after writing for the game for nine years. So why was Sim talking about this preface of ESO and how well the dialogue and all that's written? Well, this is, this is my... I'm prefacing for this reason. The Elder Scrolls Online has done an extremely good job, in my opinion, of delivering the narrative to the player base. Sure, Let's take for a moment the fact that it is a spoken dialogue for those quests, et cetera, in that game. Put that to the side. Even the written dialogue is stellar, okay? You take away the voice acting, the written dialogue and then the interactions and the choices and the options are very, very well done, right? Really well done. And, and here you go, nine years of experience doing that. Right, because the Elder Scrolls Online, we found out about that game. Right, I, I I played that game from the very beginning in betas and everything. Right, I still play it, and that game launched in uh, well, it was 2014. Was it 2014? No, 2013. Right, 
I'm getting it all off off base now. But if you followed that game from the date that it, it was starting to tease, 2012, 2013. The, oh, yeah, it was 2014. Thank you. 2013 was when we had our closed betas. And 2014 was launch. And it was, I believe, March of 2014, right? March of 2014 is when that game launched. So think about the game development back to it being announced in 2012. And it's 2021. There's your nine years, man. And homie coming to work with Intrepid Studios on Ashes of Creation. Just think about that for a minute. If anybody here has played the Elder Scrolls Online, you can vouch, like, if you appreciate a good story, I would be shocked if you were to tell me you didn't think that they did a good job for the most part with the story in that game. I would be shocked. I'll be honest. After reading that tweet the other day, I was this close to going and, and getting uh, uh, ESO on my computer. I was, yeah. I'm like, mm, it's right there. Cause I want to see, I'm, I'm really curious. I want to see yeah. the writing style, the narrative that he directed essentially. Mm-hmm. Now it, it did say he was former, right? So he's not writing for them anymore. He stopped that- in June this year. So he's been doing it ever since back then. Okay. In development. Okay. Early development. Yep. So like ninety nine percent of the game's dialogue is he was a part of has gone through him. He it, it got his stamp of approval essentially. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's like, like that, this is just intrepid adding to their stacked all star team, right? This is playing NHL ninety four and putting Mario Lemieux and, and Wayne Gretzky and Pavel Burry on your front line. Like they just stack in their team, and they've taken all the experience, all the big guys, big names. And putting it together, like if if they can all align under Steven's vision, that passion project and, and work as a team, like the, the potential here mm-hmm. is nothing short of greatness. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars The Old Republic worked on that. Tabula Rasa worked on I that. I was going to ask. I, yeah, I was going to ask because that name sounded familiar. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking of Swotor. Yep. Game writer, narrative designer, screenwriter, and novelist. Dude's been in the game a long time. Now, if you played Star Wars The Old Republic, really well done, too. I, I love the story. Again, did the game have, like, the voice acting? Yes. Did they have that stuff? Absolutely right. But again, I go back and I look at that game, too. And even if you were to just read the story and your options and the quests for the narrative, it was freaking awesome. In my opinion, I loved both. I loved SWOTOR. When that game launched, I played the hell out of that game, right? We were one of the top guilds on the server, freaking in-game content, played it hardcore. I was a battle master, dude. I'm not bragging and flexing. I'm saying I was dug in deep and I played the hell out of that game, right? I, it's unfortunate for, in my opinion, it's unfortunate how the game unfolded. That game had, it was so well done, right? It was so good for me. It was a great experience, right? I never played Star Wars Galaxies. Right. I can't I can't reflect on that game. I know people have a lot of love for it. But for me, I had a lot of love for Star Wars Yield Republic. I always will. Right. That game was good. That was a good experience in the beginning for me. And I stopped playing because content drought. Right. And then uh, the servers got squished and things happened. They changed their monetization, things like that. It, it, I didn't dig all that. Right. So I, I wasn't there anymore. But 
it was a damn good experience. So like I'm sitting here going, oh shit, two MMORPGs that I thoroughly have enjoyed. Right. And loved the story for and enjoyed thoroughly was immersed in it. Homie had a part in both of them. This for, for me, from a very personal standpoint, this is exciting. This is freaking exciting. And you got Bear McCreary doing the freaking sound for this game. Like freaking doing the soundtrack, dude. Like, oh, come on. Oh, my God. It just gets better, man. Like I said, stack team, man. Yeah. Like legit. And, and, and like voice acting is amazing and all. And but I think that doesn't add or take away from the story itself, right? They're still reading mm-hmm. from a script in the end that's written. That's still your story and your narrative. Mm -hmm. It it adds to immersion 100%. Like you said earlier, connecting to your character Mm -hmm. and and just feeling a part of the world and being immersed. That epic audio can really add to that. Um, But but it's not it's not a game breaker for me. Would I like it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Have have how many times have you mentioned? And we've all been like, hey, if you guys wanted volunteer voice actors, like right. We, we we could try. I don't know if my voice is, you know, voice for newspaper or what, but we, we'd give it a go and it'd be fun. But it's, even still, it's a big commitment. And they st- it still has to go through a lot of processing and vetting and how many takes and all that. So it still requires a lot of manpower on their side to facilitate that. But mm-hmm. yeah, the storyline is what matters. And if it goes back to kind of the old school RPG ways where you're basically playing through a novel, I'm cool with that. I don't read outside of games much anyway, so <laughs> like yeah, yeah, go go on, Daedalus. Yeah, I want to hear you. No, I was just gonna say I agree. I mean, one of the things that I was thinking about that they've already demonstrated they could do and do well is tell a story with cinematics, and it's something that they have done like within like within the engine, right, to a point to. So I think there's still an opportunity mm-hmm. for that. I mean, the quests may not be fully voiced. And again, I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm old school, like UO, EQ, like WoW player. And I'm used to reading text. I mean, I guess in this day and age, I'm used to clicking until I can get an accept. But, you know, I am really looking forward to savoring the story and reading it. Um, you know, it would be nice to have voice acting, but I agree with Hatfield. Mm-hmm. It's not a game breaker. And there's other ways you can accomplish immersion um, and still kind of hit the mark. And and as you said, Sim, it, it's not out of the realm of the possible for later. It's just, I think Steven and the team are pretty focused and he mm-hmm. said it himself. It's like, and it's an investment of time. And that was his biggest thing. It's not a money thing more. It's an investment of time. And if, if we want to launch this in kind of a realistic time frame, we need to keep our scope tight. Uh, and I'm glad we have a CEO and creative director that thinks like that, unlike others that don't. It's like, oh, give me all the scope I can eat and then give me some more. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. This is... Sorry, that's something. I implied it. You just dove right in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just. I feel like at the end of the day, right, in order for them to release a good product, they need to like focus on what they want to craft as a vision and stick to that. There's always opportunities to expand the world, expand Mm -hmm. the features, et cetera, in an expansion. Um, I wouldn't necessarily like 
just go with what you've committed. What you've committed is already big. It's huge. So yeah, I absolutely am on board with, with them keeping the scope tight to their vision. Cause I want them yeah. to execute on that vision. That's yep. why a lot of us have been kind of waiting, you know, since 2016, 2017 is yep. we want to see that vision become a reality. December, man. November, December, 2016 was when my buddy told me about this game. That's I'm like thinking about that. I'm like, yo, that's five years this December, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I have followed this game five years in December and I didn't even realize how long I followed the ESO nine years. Yeah. Nine I'm years. pretty sure I can count on one hand and still have fingers left on how many games I've followed for five years that are fully released. Oh man. Never, never mind. Still in development. Jeez, oh, dude. <laughs> dude, check this out. People are probably listening going, yeah, but Sim, man, Sim, you're good at hyping things up, man. You're good at getting people excited about things. I know, I know. But you all also know I base these things on facts and evidence. I don't just... Love the gas, Meg. Yeah, so check this out. Like, yeah, but Sim, how do you know what he did there? Like, you don't, I don't know if you even, do you seen that guy's resume? Do we know for sure what he's done? Okay, hold on a second. So when he worked at BioWare, which was SWOTOR, right? He was world design team lead. Led managed cross-disciplinary planetary strike team comprised of gameplay scripter, cinematic designers, environmental artists, and spawning designer, and a dedicated writer. That was that was Swotor, right? Yeah, yeah. But what about the Elder Scrolls? Why why should I be so excited about this? Okay, okay. How much did he do? How how much did he actually do? Okay, right, let's check this out. The Elder Scrolls Online lead writer, narrative designer, wrote the entirety of the game's main quest at ship when they shipped that game. That's three alliances, main stories. That's if you play it, that's your core plus Cadwell, silver and gold. If you know what I'm talking about. Okay. That's a lot of story and content. You guys tons, not including that doesn't include the dungeon quests or any of the additional narrative and dialogue, right? Okay. Managed the editorial department and recruited mentored and led a team of narrative designers. Shared the quality of writing within and associated with the project, including marketing, web, and community content. Maintained and enforced writing standards. Worked in concert with the lead lore master to ensure fictional and intellectual property consistency. Maintained a working editorial pipeline. Worked directly with the systems design, UI design, audio, localization, support, voiceover recording, and localization efforts, the release of multiple DLC game packs, and new game chapters annually. So that's a lot okay that means he's had a hand in all of this up until now and if you've played the elder scrolls online and you recognize and if you played you know there is so much story in that game right now to go through and play you're not getting it done anytime soon it's a ton of content a ton of content it will take i couldn't even i couldn't even tell you how long it'll take you to get through it all if you played every day for 10 hours a day, I'm still thinking months easily. I just don't see any way it would it wouldn't take you months at, at the very least grinding out all the quests. And you're probably going through them quick too. You're probably not even paying attention to the dialogue. If you pay attention to the dialogue and read it and actually sit through all that, nah, man. You you ain't getting it done. You ain't getting it done anytime soon. That's a lot of story. That's well done. And most people in chat have been recognizing how well done it is too. So why am I like really getting getting on this? And why am I like hyping around this and getting really excited about this? 
because Sim likes a good story. It's important to me that the story is delivered in a way that is going to be digested well, that I'm going to understand, that I'm going to be excited about, regardless of whether you got voice acting or not, okay? And Homie here has delivered in spades. From my own experience, I've played through that stuff, so I can say that, right? So for me, I'm excited because I have a lot of confidence that I, I'm going to be real honest here, because I always am honest, but I'm going to really be brutally honest on this. I wasn't sure if how confident I was going to be that I would be able to follow the story fully and really feel immersed in it with ashes because it's, it's text, right? That can be hit or miss. You could, you could, you could hit on two complete different sides on that one. Right. And you can't always concretely say what it is about why a story doesn't pull you in when you read it. Sometimes it's the way it's written. Sometimes it's the way the options are laid out. Sometimes it's how long it takes you to go from one point in the quest chain to another. But I don't, I don't look this, this was one of the areas where I was like, I don't know, man, I don't know how much I'm going to really be into doing the quest as much as maybe if it was just all written out and what happened, how I might enjoy that better, right? Story form versus quest form. So far the story form for Ash as I dig the quest form. I'm a big question mark on. I don't feel so questionable about it now. Feel like I have some pretty significant confidence right now. So that's an interesting point to to make too. Is you said a couple things there um, about how the writing might not always get people in, if fully immersed or involved. This is the big yeah. difference between have writing for. Uh, a game that's not going to have voice acting in it versus one that is, yeah. is that emotion has to be conveyed through the words, mm -hmm. not through the tone in the voice, not through the expression in the voice and how that narrative is delivered. Like that, that's a big thing as a, as a, somebody who's really into music as well. I'm sure you can appreciate it from that sense as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, when you, when you back it with emotion, it's so much more powerful than just repeating the words, right? So when it comes to writing it all out, being able to convey that emotion successfully is gonna be what really makes or breaks people's buy-in to actually put, spending the time to read the text. Because let's be real, in this day and age, it's exactly what Daedalus says, click through until you get to accept. Because it's a race to get to be the strongest, to get to a certain destination. There's a lot of pressure from your peers, from your guilds, from competitors, to get there before they do or to keep up with your guild and keep pace with them. Does that sometimes mean skipping story as a content creator, as a live streamer, is your audience going to want to sit there and watch you read through every piece of text? I've watched a really interesting video a little while ago from Josh Hayes, the guy that did the, 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 the anti-hype ashes video about, um, playing a game for yourself is so much different than playing a game for other people with so many people wanting to be content creators around this game being able to keep audiences attention is not about just sitting there reading a, a whole bunch of text through every quest line and it, so it, i'm really curious to see how they're going to approach this and actually make it so that people are incentivized or encouraged to read text now it's not to say that if you that you can't skip it or, or spam through it like that. Cause obviously there's some people that just don't care about story. And I think that their, their opinion should be respected as well. But 
to actually make it engaging. I really want to see a lot of hooks and hidden information in the dialogue that if you just spam through stuff and don't actually read it, you're going to miss. And then you might miss certain aspects, bonus rewards or hidden areas. You might die to something that you could have learned. Like don't eat in the alpha. D don't pick more than five of the night bloom flowers oh God, or you're going right. to have a bad time. <laughs> okay. Like, if you don't read stuff and you just spam through it, I guarantee you a lot of people died and had no idea why. Yeah. And then they went 100%. back and started the quest again. And then it was like, oh, the, the doy. Like <laughs> the aha moment. So like hiding those things in dialogue, I think is super, super awesome. And the fact that they did that right in the alpha one in that starting area made me really happy. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah that was good. And I think, again, there's, there's also other, like I had mentioned with the cutscenes, right? There's also other ways they can deliver the story. And obviously, having a good writer is your foundation. Um, and it's also about presentation. And, you know, some of that, you know, could be solved with voice acting, but some of it could also be solved with, I don't want to say scripted events, because I don't want this to like, I don't expect Ashes to be like a totally mm -hmm. linear experience. Right. But you can still have things happen. Like one of the things that I thought was really cool was when I first walked out um, creating my character in Alpha 1, all of a sudden I, I thought it was a player, but I saw this like guy in a hooded like robe and a staff just appear and disappear and then all of a sudden the quest popped up i mean dude that's presentation right you have like an ability to say hey follow i need to follow this apparition where is he gonna go and he keeps disappearing and reappearing i mean that's still a plot device that's still something a writer would think okay this is my vision of how this story would unfold and that's the kind of thing that i think you can lean on in addition to you know other devices to make the experience immersive because it is an experience it's not just you know reading text and to you know have felt point to get to the end put clues in there get people thinking you know as opposed to mindlessly just trying to level which i think is is unfortunately a lot of how people play uh mmos today because they think the game only starts when I hit max level. Yeah. And I'm hoping with enough, you know, you know, drive that the team has to make every level be something that's part of your journey versus, okay, well, I need to get to the end game so I can raid and so on and so forth. Yeah. That that becomes like a part of being able to log in for a couple of hours and really like saying, hey, I had a good time. And I wasn't even at an end game state. I was at a, hey, let me get together with my friends or let me do some quests or let me craft and let me, you know, find all these different things in the world that might add to my experience and my immersion. Yeah, I definitely dig that. I think the thing about Ash as Alpha was I didn't, uh, I didn't really feel, I wasn't, I wasn't, I don't allow, I don't allow myself to rush with especially something like an alpha because it's how sim burns himself out and doesn't really enjoy the experience is like rushing through something and like being super sweaty try hard about something that's going to get freaking wiped like dude come on man 
You know what I mean? I'm not trying to burn out. Like I know the whole thing about the better burnout fade away, but I don't know, man. Sometimes the fade ain't ain't bad, you know, unless you take in a whole lot more time when it comes to a game. I, I like to enjoy the experience of leveling. I, I don't want to I don't want to I want to feel excited about the journey to get to the max level and the things along the way that I get to either adventure or, you know, leveling my trade, my craft, whatever. Um, better getting used to my skills. Like other games where I go burn through and max level character ASAP. Yeah, I do. Sure. Right. The game's also been out. You know, I think about the games when they launch, like I, I generally try, I mean, am I trying to get to max level quick? Sure. But within the reason of still within reason of me wanting to like still read all the, you know, the quests text or you know get through the narrative and dialogue actually know what's going on in the story and at least for my first time through with the quests in the alpha i found myself wanting to do the same thing was wanting to know like i knew that they were going to get i knew that they were going to get wiped and we probably won't see the majority of this stuff later i i know that's cool right but i wanted to you know for me i think i wanted to also kind of get an idea of like you know can i get pulled into what's going on here is it having a hold on me because I consider that test me also testing them on, are you going to be able to hook me or not? And there were a few points in the main, what I consider the main quest along the way that were, was like, okay, this is, you know, with the alchemist, like Borkai the alchemist, like I was actually like, what the hell's going on here with these people? Like, you know, and you realize spoiler alert, you know, alpha's already over. So I don't care if I, you know, you didn't know this. But that that whole quest was essentially about them, you know, delving into understanding corruption and things going bad. You know, my my take was the alchemist got he he was hearing voices. He was he was getting corrupted. That's that's what I that's what I gained from that. Now, there were a lot of pieces to that whole quest overall, but you know, I did find myself wanting. I kept getting stuck on that quest. And I did want to know how the damn thing ended. And I didn't want somebody telling me and spoiling it for me. I wanted to find out for myself. You know, so I made multiple characters. And it took a few tries before I had a character that could get through the whole quest without getting bugged along the way. And, well, it was a pretty enjoyable experience. I actually wanted to know what was going to happen. And I was very happy. I'm very happy to be able to say that, like, I was able to get that interested through it just being text-based. So... That's before Homeboy joined the team. So that's, you know, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. And I'm definitely bolstered on that now. So, but you know, when you think about a story, a good story, some people don't care about that. And I understand. I know, I know the players that don't care. They, They don't care about the story at all. They only care about the character's strength and power and how competitive they can be. Fair enough, man. Everybody's got their thing. Totally. Totally cool, man. That's your jam. But for the people who do care about the narrative, which is, by the way, a lot of us, what do we think it will take for Intrepid Studios to actually deliver on the narrative in this game of theirs initially at launch versus other games that have done it well? You know, do we we view currently where they're maybe missing the mark as as it currently stands. Yes, understanding that the games and development and things will change, but based on our experience thus far, do we have criticisms? 
I know we haven't really like picked this one apart, but I do do feel like it's an important one to talk about. I mean, I, I think honestly, if who they surrounded themselves with execute, that's what I think they need to do and what it's going to take. I mean, really engage the story. I mean, you've got, you know, years that Steven has spent building this world, right? So you've got, like, you've got the knowledge source right there. I mean, the quest writing they've done so far with who they have has been really good. Um, and so, I, I mean, I found there was quests that, I couldn't get to the end of because it was alpha and that's alpha. And I was like disappointed because it was like, I really liked the story. It just had like mm -hmm. a lot of different layers. And it was like, you know, something that I just I felt like I was again, playing an RPG versus playing a kind of a massive multiplayer game. And that's not to say that there wasn't elements of having to come together with people to do things greater than like I could handle alone. Cause there was definitely that too. And there was that sense of community, but it was also just the amount of care and craft that went into, you know, some of the quests like, man, this, they, they're really, they're really, you know, doubling down on this type of experience. So personally, I, I think what they need to do is just really hone in on that niche. If that's what they're going for, then just you know go all the way and um and stick to your guns about hey this game isn't for everybody but for the people it is for watch out you're going to get a good experience so i mean that that right. would be my my thought on it is that they just need to keep stacking the deck in their favor getting the right people in making sure they're aligned to the vision and just really just working on executing um I don't know if there's any specific feedback I can give other than, you know, what I talked about earlier on the podcast, which is, you know, just remember that, vo you know, you're not, if you're not doing voice acting, there's going to be some other things you're going to need to do to get people engaged in the story. Good writing is definitely one of them, right? Because if the writing is crap, it doesn't matter how many cutscenes or events you have, the writing is crap. But if you have good writing and then you have, ways to get people interested and excited and surprised by a story or by an experience in a quest. I mean, those are memories that live with gamers for years. I mean, I still remember as much as I'm out of wow right now, I still remember those days in vanilla when I had those epic quests that I sought out people to do again, because I love the quest so much. Um, and that's the kind of experience that I'm hoping for. And that's what I think would really work well for Intrepid to execute upon. Because again, it's all about the stories you make, not only within the game, experiencing the quest with others, also doing those quests, but it's, it's so many different things, but those would be kind of the areas that I would really hone in on and focus on for the team. Yeah. I'm like kind of thinking about all of that too and i think the big thing is just like making sure that the questing is meaningful you know that it's not they they there were some like fetch quest sort of elements right in alpha but they all but it was really minimal wasn't it it was yeah and, and i mean if, uh, like 
I don't want to be bombarded with the same type of quest over yeah. and over and over and over again. Like the odd fetch quest here and there. Yeah. As long as it makes sense mm-hmm. to what is going on in that region, in that area. Like it doesn't have to tie into my story narrative, my character's narrative. As long as it makes sense for the NPCs that you're interacting with and you're there to help them. Like just tie it in well to the world and to what the actions, the things that are going on. Like taking the air, crate of arrows to the front lines. It's like, hey, if you're traveling this way, you may as well take some of these there because we need to resupply the front lines because they're at holding off other enemies from attacking us. Cool. It makes sense. A lot of games are pretty good at doing that, but there's also a lot of games that are like, go take this over there. Why? Well, because you can. Like, oh, okay. Or just go way out of your way to take this way over there. And it's oh, that's rough. That's rough, dude. Like, when you're that, like, that's annoying. Yeah. And then you go there, then you come back, and then all of a sudden, there's now three more quests available that all take you back to that area nah, again. It's dude. Like, Fuck! I just spent twenty minutes Don't running over there and back. Like, yeah. Don't do that. A little shit. bit of respect for players' time, time yep. in quest design, I think, is really important. Absolutely. Um, especially if we are going to be reading through all the te- dialogue as it is. If I'm sitting down for a two-hour game session, I want to be able to get through more than one leg of one quest. <laughs> between the reading and the running i want to be able to play a little bit more than that you know otherwise i'm just going to go pick up a novel and sit down and read but i i, I think Man. you know based on my experience in alpha i don't really have any criticisms for the team um i liked you know that was their initial approach delivering some quick stuff for us to be able to do in alpha and i enjoyed what it was i read through several quest lines as well learned why the shifting coin brought uh, folks are there where they came from and how they beat us there why there are enemies when the world was not supposed to have humanoids before our arrival well they beat us to the punch essentially yeah cool but you know reading the dialogue answered that question it made it make sense i i enjoyed that even for an alpha one i enjoyed that i think mm-hmm. the biggest things you know aside from what we we just mentioned there and what you guys have mentioned is you know Steven, as Z said in chat, kind of already has the majority of the lore in place, right? So I think Wynn's job coming into this isn't so much to create and design it. It's coming up with a way to deliver it. It's polishing it in a way that is uh, palatable for us to be able to consume, right? If Steven had his way, he would, yeah, he could probably just write a novel, write a book about it all, and you'd be jumping all over the place. He's very well-spoken, but I feel like there would just be so much information that he wants to give, and there's so many tangents and angles to go on that an MMO is the best way to deliver this information to, to, to the masses. And that's going to be Wynn's job, I think, is tying that all in. Now, I, I my biggest thing would be just making sure that the, the the right hats are being worn at all times and being okay with that. I assume she wouldn't have been, or he wouldn't have been hired on if, if there, there wasn't belief that that, that could be the case because from based on the resume sounds like a lot of control has been had in where things have gone in the past. And that control is going to be somewhat gated now to fall in line with what Steven already has an idea for. I think they will have creative control over how to deliver it though. So we'll see we'll see that's my biggest thing right now man yeah criticisms for it i don't know that i really have any criticisms more more of like just wondering uh you know how they're going to deliver upon the quests i think as they get into alpha 2 that 
I think it's going to be pretty important uh, for the quest to work and not be too broken. I know that that's um, probably when we think of it in the grand scheme of like all of the different systems, probably people are going to be like, oh, yeah, but Sin, that's not really important with what they're going to be testing. Fair, but in in that iteration, a lot of pe- that's going to keep a lot of people from, you know, if people can't get further on a quest and there's gear log behind that, that's going to help them with the power for their character and it's broken for them. And they spent a lot of hours to get to that point. Look, I get, I get game development, right? And this is a constructive criticism with a lot of understanding that this is normal things break. Um, but it also happened. Oh, we could talk about the Elder Scrolls online, dude. There were quests that were bugged in the closed beta for that game when before launch. Right. And some of those quests were still bugged during the same ones were bugged when, it, when the game launched. And the issue was that when that game launched and those quests were there and you couldn't do them, it significantly impacted your ability to level. And it doesn't feel good for a player to go into a game knowing that quests specifically are going to account, like they're going to account for a very, very, very large portion of your ability to progress in your levels. And it doesn't feel good when roll the dice chance like you got stuck with the quest you couldn't progress on versus somebody else. It is a bad time. And from my perspective, in my opinion, it's not, it's not good for the game and for the game's progress. If those issues launch with the game, right? So that is something, you know, I know how Steven is on stuff like this. He wants things dressed, right, dressed in order working as intended. And I do not have any, belief that he will launch the game with stuff like that being an issue. But I go back to, we are in development and I understand that these things you can't like, you know, if that's a good point, right? Like TL says, if you can't fix the quest, delete it. Sometimes you got to make sure that stuff works well. And even in alpha two, I do think it's going to be important for alpha two. Even if these quests maybe aren't going to launch with the game, even if maybe they're not, whatever, Make sure that stuff is working because you talk about respect players' times and stuff. It will totally impact people being there and being testing, like testing more frequently and everything. And it'll absolutely impact people at launch choosing to play the game if they get stuck on something and they know that something's very vital and then progressing on their character. You don't want that. You really don't. Um, At minimum, you want to know there are alternate ways that they can level up that will, I don't want to say equally, um, like allow them to progress and still have that same like power or completion. You you want that to be there because if it's not, in my opinion, again, it, it could be it could be damaging. It could be damaging because if enough people have that problem, they won't play. And this is a game that is this is not a box cost game. This is a subscription model game. And uh, I know they want those subscriptions to be nice and high and to maintain for some period of time after the game's launch. It's going to be important. Uh, It doesn't matter how wealthy Steven is. This is something that when we look at gauging the game's progress and success, like subscription numbers will be looked at. That'll be what they post everywhere. Um, So I'm looking, you know, I'm probably looking really far ahead right now or whatever. I'm probably ranting a little bit about this, but... um, it is important when we talk about the narrative and like it working and it making sense. 
and it's even more important for Ash as a creation. So I think the broken quests, um, that would be something I think I would probably have on my radar. Uh, I would suggest them having on their radar into Alpha Two. But that you know, just my just my two cents. I, I'm not a know it all. I'm just a guy who has his feedback. That's it. No, but you make a very good point though. Like especially as you push into a launch uh, time frame, yeah. weeding those out is going to be really important. I am entirely okay if they just went through and had a second, like template. You might, you guys remember? I'm going to date myself with this. You remember those projector screens that you would have, <laughs> and you get your teacher would write on it with a clear <laughs> paper. Yeah, take take one of those, put it on top of your current quest, your f- finished quest design, and just write go here do this blah 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 for all of for each step on every quest like just make it super generic to take all that lore and story out and maybe in the betas then these quests can be the the different pathways and the logic behind them the interactables can be tested in a way that's not going to give up the game at you know yes it, it is obviously takes a lot of time to go through a game of this size with the amount of dialogue that is going to be in this game for all of the node possibilities it's going to get crazy there will be bugged quests the big measure is going to be their response time and how they handle it yeah i saw a couple comments in chat if you can't fix the quest delete it if you can't fix it add more if you can't if it's a certain pathway that's broken add another pathway whatever it is whatever your solution is get on it quick and if it's one of those things that is intermittently bugged so that some people can get through it and acquire, as you say, potentially powerful or progression level gear versus others that can't, you need to create an alternate way for people to acquire that gear. It is it is going to be a really, really feels bad man moment to just be like, okay, no, this quest is bugged. We're taking it offline. And Forty yeah. percent of your player base has gone through and acquired the re- the reward from it, and now they are more powerful and stronger as a result. In a game where PvP and o- matters, and there's open world PvP and all this stuff, that's they have to be careful with how that pans out, and the response to those situations that are inevitable mm-hmm. is going to be the de- the deciding factor on people's ultimate feel about the game and and mm-hmm. the, the the issues. Yeah, and I I I say all of this with look. If you, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't gamble really. That's not my thing to gamble. Right. But if you were to ask me, like if you had to roll the dice and you, you know, you had to make a choice and you had to make it, you know, your best bet, I'd still tell you I'm betting. That's, that's, you know, something that Stevens and the team are very mindful of, but you know, I got to give some constructive criticism somewhere. Right. I can't just fanboy the whole thing and be like, Oh, everything was great. I believe that's all be perfect. Like cautionary tells are important. Like they respect that they use that. And uh, look, the fact the fact of the matter is a lot of people, there were a lot of people who who probably did stop. I don't have the numbers. I don't have a form of data feedback that say this, but my gut says they probably would have more people testing if those quests weren't broken that stopped them from getting to the gear people recognize they needed. Because it wasn't like grinding mobs was like favorable to our time. Like you, it's a lot of time, man. It was a lot of time to grind mobs to get to max level. Right. If they didn't boost you, you were grinding and it was it was pretty painful. Like I've definitely grinded worse in games. Right. It wasn't as painful as some, but it was pretty rough and it took a lot of time. And most people don't want to do that. And if the quest breaks and they can't even get that gear at the end of that quest chain, you're going to lose people. 
All right. So that's like the cautionary tale. Again, that's just my two cents, but it is important. Um, here's here's another topic we're gonna dig into. Okay. Let's let's hit into the the big conversation on this one. This is a big one too. And I'm actually very curious where we're gonna go with this one. This is actually the guild gatherings uh discussion. This is talking about app integrations. Right? If you had a phone app that integrated with your guild, what sorts of phones, things? Right? Yeah. What sorts of things would you want from it or be useful? I'm going to add my little secondary point for y'all, right? Also, what do you definitely not want it to do? So, what do you want? What do you not want, gentlemen? This is the same to everybody here or watching later, listening later. Number one, what I don't want it to do is I don't want it to play the effing game for me. I don't need I don't need an auto quest completer, blah, 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 blah. What I think it should do is, I mean, it should definitely give you the basics, right? It should give you an ability to interact with your guild mates. For guild leaders, it should give you an ability to you know, set permissions and kind of get any of things organized, events, etc. I think at some point Stephen mentioned something about like if you had a, you know, a farm on your freehold, you could rotate your crops and do that. Yeah, those limited features are fine. Being able to check like what key quests are out there, what you know nodes are developing, like the status of different nodes, the status of a siege and so on. I mean, those are just kind of basic information that you should be able to get. Um, those would be, I guess, mine, um, is is that. But yeah, like, yeah, please, Lord, don't make it an, <laughs> a, a path to autoplay the game, because yeah. then that, that would be slash rage quit for me. <laughs> well, you have to... I, I I will second that statement and, and rephrase it as I don't the app should not give you any form of progression in the game. Yeah, you should not be able to attain any form of progression, whether it's crafting, uh, managing auction house stuff, or leveling a character, completing a quest, anything like that. Nothing like that should be done in the, uh, through the app. Uh, furthermore, I would put it as it should never take away a re- a need or a reason to log into the game. Yeah. If I had to put it that way. Um I think that I think having an app could be an incredibly powerful tool if you if done right. Um the the basic stuff for me is having a calendar for your guild and game where you can schedule events and set up alerts and whatever else there is for managing guild, managing guild hierarchy, guild members, being able to communicate communicate with them, uh, having it like a a basically a messenger system, if not a discord integration, um, would be really cool. So whether it's PMs or you can have raid channels or whatever that you can put quick messages through, you might be reinventing the wheel a little bit with that because discord exists and most guilds have an established discord with set channels and rules and all these things set up, but it would give people another avenue if that was a preferred option. Um, being able to plan sieges and events having a tactical map that you could utilize and um put positioning on well, I've, I've talked about a bit about this quite a while ago on the show 
about having yeah. a tactical world map, um, like a room within your guild hall when we had our guild halls discussion uh, that you could interact with, but having that on the, on the app as well, so that you could update it in real time during the middle of a siege. I think that would be pretty cool. I can see a lot of people not wanting that, but I, from a, a guild castle perspective, especially where the guild is fighting, that would to me would be so cool if you have somebody that's like I'm I'm just logged into the game to see what's going on, and and the, the now the battle map doesn't update based on what's going on in the game. It's up to the the players to manage it and update it themselves. That's the key difference here, for me is the game does not tell it. There's no API integration here telling <laughs> the app what's going on. Right, it, it is up to somebody. Uh, or a group of people, officers in the guild, to watch the battlefield and assign troops and tell people to go where necessary so that you can have that kind of tactical advantage and pin things down. I think that would be really cool. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just a way for the guild, I think, to come together and, and schedule stuff and be organized. Anything that adds to guild organization outside of having to go to a guild hall and meet that that's it, it just takes it gives you that same integration but when you're out in the world exploring so <clears throat> i have a, a piggyback on this to to add and this is going to come from intrepid via their twitter some of you may or may not have seen this but i'm going to tell you i'm, I'm going to tell you my thoughts i'm going to read this and i'm going to go probably rant a little bit so if you like it when i do that you're welcome if you don't then well you're here so Okay. They posted this on Twitter. <laughs> Dataless is over there just laughing. I don't know what to tell you, man. I've been doing 143rd episode. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> this is me. It's going to happen. And you're going to hear me ha say something I think about this in a minute here. But <clears throat> someone had said, you know, uh, let me run my tavern through the app. And they kind of said uh this is actually said not sure what this would include but some interaction with my tavern on the go would be awesome maybe access the tavern chat okay chat sounds fine whatever I i'm cool with world chat uh, guild chat specifically i think world of warcraft's app companion app was actually really good you could interact with your guild and chat with them even when you weren't in game and there was like a little symbol next to the person's name you could tell they were on the mobile app i actually think that's great i think that's freaking awesome it's a way to stay connected with people in the game. I think things like the tavern boards, being able to see a tavern board. Maybe you got the world map and you got the taverns that are there for each zone. Maybe you can go and look at the board. Doesn't mean you can accept the quest. You got to be in game for that. It incentivizes people to get in the game, right? That's cool. Maybe you see some world event that's occurring. Maybe you see a notification that a node siege is being it's going to be happening or a castle siege is going to be happening. Maybe you've got a timer for that. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that's great. Again, it incentivizes people. Are, oh shit. Something's going down. I want to log in to do this. I want to be a part of this, right? That's great. I mean, even if they were like bounties on these people and this is where they're at, that to me isn't a problem. Cause again, I've got to still be in the game to do that. But that to me is all cool. Right? Now, tavern games, I've talked of, I'm going to, I'm prefacing with, we've had a conversation about my thoughts on this and what I think would be great. Boop, post it. We're going to come right back to it. Ashes of Creation responded on Twitter saying, perhaps being able to participate in some parlor games through the app. No, I'm going to tell you, no, I don't think that's a good idea. 
because this would feel too much like mission boards of World of Warcraft sending my companions off to go do things. I don't like that shit, right? I love you, Intrepid. Please don't do this. This is not a good choice in my opinion, okay? Because now I, I've never been a proponent of, of people being able to do things in the game on the app. You should be in the game to do that, right? That was one of the choices that I absolutely did not like World of Warcraft doing when they started implementing it. And I believe it was bad for the game because now they don't have to be logged in. They can literally just sit on their ass, laying in bed, not logging into the game, not interacting with their community, not physically in the world. They're just logging. They're getting on. It's a phone game at that point. Phone game. Mobile games are mobile games for a reason. MMORPGs on a computer are games on a computer for a reason. I don't think that's a gap you want to bridge. In my opinion, it's a bad choice. Don't do it. Now, I do have a positive thing to say in that regard to that sentiment. Would I like to see games that you can play in the tavern on a mobile phone potentially? Sure. Here's where I say that's a freaking great idea and I'd love to see it. Ashes of Creation as a franchise, something that they've talked about previously, has been part of the grand plan. I have always been a proponent of, of this game as a franchise doing great. As an IP, I would love to see it go the distance, right? One thing that Blizzard did great in the past, I loved the fact that Hearthstone existed, that you could play it on your computer on your phone, that was what that game was. It was a card game. You could play on your phone, you could play it on your, your computer. It didn't matter. Look, Gwent's a great card game. Would it, I think it would be freaking sick if these tavern games that you can play, if there's like 10 different tavern games that were to exist in the game, right? Or like, all right, well, let's break it down to make it simple, okay? There's a card game you can play, okay? And they decided that they wanted to make that card game like Gwent had a in in game in the Witcher game. You could play Gwent. Right? You could play that. There was a way to go about doing it, playing it, etc. Then they launched Gwent as its own thing. It's a standalone version of that game, right? That would be sick. I would love that, right? But don't but make it its its own thing. There could be a version of it that's true to the MMORPG. That's true to player run taverns that the player base has control over, et cetera. But you can take a version that you can expand upon that 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 game that exists and you can go, hey, you know what? We recognize how much people like this game, this card game that we play in tavern so much. And we've decided to launch a separate product as part of the franchise, as part of our, you know, our game. Right. And we've got another game now that you all can play. I thought that would always be good along with. APOC, Ashes of Creation Apocalypse, was supposed to have three game modes in it, right? There was the Battle Royale people were playing, there was going to be Horde mode, and then there was going to be Castle Sieges, right? They were all part of the Ashes of Creation Apocalypse product, or were going to be. Maybe there will be one day. And I always said, Ashes APOC, it's a thing, with things you can unlock that you can get in the MMORPG. Cool, right? You don't have to, right? But you could, if you wanted to play the other thing, Having a card game, sure, great, but don't make, don't cross that stuff over. In my opinion, not a good idea. Don't make it to where I can play on my phone and I can, I can do things in the game. Not a good, not a good choice. Not a good, it doesn't bode well in my opinion. So 
I saw that that comment on Twitter and I was like, e no, 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 no. Great in theory, not so good when it, when it when it actually plays out, in my opinion. But there's my rant. That's a big no for me. No, 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 please. Don't do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with that hundred percent. I no. Make make the separate game for the phone if that's what you want it to be, sure. and make it be its own thing. Yeah. If you want to have crossover events, that's like Hey, compete yeah. this many matches in the mobile game and then compete this many matches in, in the MMO version of the game and unlock this cool. new card backing. Sure, yeah. It's, as long as it's cosmetic, yep. I don't care. Sure. And, and that's an excellent marketing strategy because cool, yeah. now you're you're transferring your player base between your different yep. uh, products within yep. your IP. You're yep. keeping, you're growing more uh, player base based on your IP and keeping it within the franchise while pulling more people in, you're incentivizing other people to go and check out your other yeah. games and other products within this IP. And a lot of games do that. Blizzard does it fantastically well. Yeah. You know, how many, how many cosmetics in Diablo three are there that you get from world of Warcraft subscription mm-hmm. How many, or, or Starcraft yep. Yep. subscriptions or whatever else, right? Yep. Like it's well, an pets. excellent, excellent tactic from a marketing standpoint and I, and when implemented through cosmetics, cool. Can't complain. I don't want to get to a point where I'm playing the mobile game and I unlock a bunch of cards and now they're transferred over or there's a way to port them over to, to my, my in-game, even if it wasn't a card game on the mobile gap, but it's an actual physical TCG with paper cards. And I don't want there to be a code on there that I can punch into my MMO and be able to get that card. That's, pay to win on the card game now yeah and you know what so when, when they have how that's oh, integrated like they, they need to be isolated except for crossover events that to grow the brand while keeping things cosmetic yeah that's how you avoid the pay to win aspect yep yeah i would be okay with that i mean anything that they can do in the app that facilitates social interaction and community building i'm all for it um you know, I think at some point they they did mention the crops rotation. I guess that would be fine, right? Um, in my opinion, because it's maybe giving you some opportunity to monitor your resources. I don't know if it. I mean, obviously you can't collect them until you're in game, but mm-hmm, at least being yeah. able to make sure, hey, am I doing the right things to make sure I don't mess up my farm or what have you? That's fine because you still need to log in at the end of the day and collect those resources when they're ready as opposed to doing it on the app. Um, so yeah, I would, I would agree. I actually adored the crossover stuff that Hearthstone did with wow, because of the cosmetic reward. That to me is like you said, you have to tell excellent marketing. Um, you know, if bliss has done anything well in recent times, it's marketing, right. PR probably not so much, but marketing is good. Um, and and I would have to say I almost always log into whatever other game. And it, most of the time it was free to play. So mm-hmm. it was great to be able to, you know, get some exposure to that game, see what's changed, et cetera. But then also get something shiny for me to, you know, either like a new mount or, you know, a new cosmetic for my character. I think that would be a great way to cross over in a non pay to win fashion. Yeah. We've already seen that too with uh APOC, right? Remember there was like the, what was it? Get in, get in and play 
get to level whatever in the in the pass or whatever and you would unlock the the worm basically the the dragon that we've all seen the worm that's in that cave in alpha that big mm-hmm. lava dragon like that was a cosmetic that was earnable in apoc if y'all didn't know that if you're new to the show or to the to the game and a lot of us earned that one there was also like that uh sort of like halloween themed outfit with a mask that you could get to which you know i, I ended up earning those and that was something but yeah you you got to own the MMORPG in order to actually have that, you know? And like you guys were talking about like card backs or pets or banners or whatever, you know, crossing over and getting them for multiple products. Or if one day we've got an ash con, you know, and there's like an ashes of creation. Convention. I'd be okay with a code from an ash con. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it works. Right. But that's because you stay true to that, that staying in that lane. Um, Speaking of staying in lanes, if you stay in lane and stay on course, then come this Friday, right? On September 24th, right? At 11 a.m. PDT, we've got the next Ashes of Creation live stream. Next development live stream and update will be this Friday, September 24th, right? Submissions, if you want to get your questions in and get you know, possibly get some of those questions answered. You got till the 24 hours prior to that, which will be Thursday, September 23rd, 11 a.m. PDT. Go to the forums and I'm going to link it here for y'all in chat as well. Um, this is, this is what is required. My friends, if you want to, you know, if you want to actually get in some questions to the team, you actually want to, you know, see about getting them answered. Just get, you know, keep in mind, they tend to not ask things that have, you know, it's been actually asked a lot. Um, so, you know, if you've got a question that hasn't really been answered, no one's really asking, be sure to go on there and submit that. You got till Thursday. Um, any any hopes for this live stream, gentlemen? Anything you're hoping for? Or anybody in the community you all are looking forward to maybe seeing the most? Hopefully some more glimpses into any new kind of race stuff that they're doing. Um, I would love to see maybe at least some broad strokes about alpha two, just something to kind of keep the theory crafting flowing um, would be great. Um, I, I definitely hope that they keep like riding that momentum and giving stuff to feed it. I'm honestly hoping that they throw out kind of a new article or at least announce what their roadmap is for their article series, right? They talked about that being mm. kind of a thing that they were going to be doing post alpha one. So would love to see something like that at least announced and, you know, maybe a little curious about the content creator program too. Oh, so yeah. hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that um, there's some updates there, but, uh, but those are mine. What do you tell? I want to see some ranger action. <laughs> I want to see some behind the scenes ranger action. I've been saying it for a, I'm going to keep saying it till I get it. But yeah, that, that's, I, I want to see where they're at. What, what have they been doing the past month? Where are they at with um, combat stuff? Where are they at with some of the additional classes, such as the ranger? Mm-hmm. Kind of getting that up to a point where they're happy with it. And maybe a little bit more of a conceptual talk around what they are expecting it like what's their goal post that they're trying to hit with it 
Yeah. Whether that be combat as a whole or, but a little bit more of a detailed breakdown of what is it that they're like specifically they're not happy with or what are they trying to achieve with it? Where, where do they want it to be? Um, yeah. Studio tour is absolutely, absolutely one of them. I think a studio mm -hmm. tour is something that is better fit for a set its own separate uh, yeah. video though. Um, than the live stream but absolutely getting back into dev diaries and the articles absolutely um getting a, a little bit of an idea around what what they want to put out for that if they have a timeline for it um the content creator program daily you took that one out of my mouth <laughs> for sure but man I, I i gotta figure out a question now too I, I got a streak going i've got like the last three or four live streams i've got a question asked in there now i, I, I don't I'm, I'm drawing a blank i don't even know what i want to ask right now that's <laughs> gonna make it to the show so we'll, we'll see yeah. i got my work cut out for me definitely yeah i think i just uh i, I do want to kind of echo that too i think um just a rough a really rough kind of like framework for like the direction like goalposts ahead I, I would really like to see see that i mean it ideally like a little bit more you know of course we want a little bit more talk about week to week month to month um uh, the community as a whole appreciates that we've, we've been able to appreciate that, you know, but they've done a really good job to be fair of giving us, you know, there's like something there every week. If you're just paying attention to the community, there's, there's stuff going on, right. Even when it's a little quieter. So, you know, it's, we are leaps and bounds ahead of where we've been before Daedalus knows that, you know, I came to like the, you know, community and engagement interaction and communication from the studio and dev team. Um, but yeah, you know, I also want to kind of go back to something that Daedalus said at the very beginning is, you know, we've, we've been here before we've been in the, the quieter, you know, the darker times when it, things aren't so much front and center in the, in the limelight. And, uh, you know, we stay the course, we got plenty to talk about here as a community. And, uh, but I do, I do think, you know, I, I agree. I think dev diary stuff, uh, studio tour stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Want to see all that. Keep that maybe its own separate thing. Um, but yeah yeah i don't think it's yeah i agree too i don't feel like it's like the dry times from before at all right is it a little quieter than some are probably used to right now because they're they haven't been around as long yeah sure probably um but there's there's always something going on you can check the forums i mean hell just look at their twitter there's they're engaging like daily you know what i'm saying so and and previously it wasn't like that so Leaps and bounds. There's always something going on. Check their Twitters, check their Facebook, check their Instagram. Stuff is going every week, daily, usually. Um, check the forums, see what the community is engaging on. Check the Discord. People are chatting there too, right? Speaking of Discord, you can always join ours, discord.gg forward slash smorg. We've got a whole thriving community here, chatting ashes and all kinds of other things all the time. And you're all welcome, right? So if you're not in there, definitely join us. Um, but yeah, some some goalposts, I think, uh, just even if they're not really concrete, they're just like, here's kind of where we're going, what we're trying to hit on. We'll kind of let you know when we hit those markers. But these are the ones we're wanting to hit before we kind of get to a place where maybe we can even say when Alpha 2 is going to start. Cool. Right. There's nothing there's no there's nothing concrete there, but it, but it's general enough to give people an idea. Um, I think a lot of people do want an idea of what where, where things are going right now. So. Um, but overall, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what they have to share. And uh, with that being said, friends, we're gonna go ahead and let the gentlemen here on the show, shout out their domains, where you can find them when they're not here on this podcast. 
Daedalus. You can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. Half tilt. I am on Twitter at half underscore tilt or right on Discord, half tilt gamer. Friends, might be the end of today's show, but as always, got to give a big shout out to all of you who listen. And remember, you two are Ashes Pathfinders, right? You don't have to be on the podcast to be an Ashes Pathfinder. You just have to be one of the many of us here in the community that shares in the journey that we are on on this show, right? So if you're here watching live, you catch it on YouTube later, you listen to it in the car on the way to work, you two are an Ashes Pathfinder, man. We are very proud to be on this journey with you, friends. You all have a great week. Much love to you, Intrepid Studios. And until next time, live your best lives, walk in the light, and have a great night, friends. We'll see you again next week. Until next time. Take care, everyone. Take care, folks.